Good morning, people of God. It is so good to see all of you here today and also to welcome all of you who are joining us online this morning. Thank you for that. We're blessed to have you with us and give thanks and praise to God for the fact that we can gather together, even on a, and let's admit what it is, a pretty difficult travel day uh, with all the snow and ice that's going on out there. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Sean. I am a uh, pastor who works in the office of the bishop, and I bring you greetings from Bishop Donald Chris and the rest of his staff here this morning. So it is, again, a joy to be with you. Some announcements as we start today. The first thing that I want to share is that Pastor Kelsey is leading our women on a retreat this weekend, and they are up at Skyline Retreat Center right now. And so if you don't mind, I want to take just a brief moment and pray about their retreat. Gracious God, thank you for the fact that the women of this congregation, so many of them are able to participate in this retreat. We pray that the retreat up to this point has been a time of learning and growth and discipleship. And we pray, Lord, that as they wind up this retreat, that they're able to do so sensing the presence of your Spirit and that they are energized for a life in following you. Amen. Now, King of Kings is going to be attending summer camp with our Living Waters Ministries this summer. And the week that has been chosen to go is from July 9 to July 14. So if you have any students, grades 1 to 12, that want to participate, what you want to do is contact Pastor Kelsey as soon as you're able to do so. And she will make sure that she gets you all signed up and everything else there for camp. But again, camp is life-changing. My whole sense of call was tied up in being a kid, going to uh, the camps here in Michigan. And so I strongly recommend it. Any of you that have kids, grandkids, neighbor kids, anybody, contact Pastor Kelsey and uh, have that happen. Also, another fun thing that's coming up is the pancake breakfast for our Sunday school families. That is going to be on February 19th. So February 19th is the pancake breakfast. So you can visit our website or you can scan the QR code that's out there in the lobby so that you can either donate food or supplies or volunteer or anything you want to do uh, for that event coming up. So that's the pancake breakfast on February 19th. The last announcement I then have for this morning is that the 2022 giving statements are available in your church mailbox. If you don't have a mailbox, just show up during the week and they will get you a mailbox uh, so that you have your own one there uh, during office hours. Now, before we jump into our opening praise song, I want to invite you to stand as you're able and let's just share a good morning, uh, God's peace, And you can do it however you most want to. A wave, a fist bump, a handshake, a hug, whatever you do. And if you're one of the folks who are joining us online, by all means, just type out hello right there this morning and greet all the folks who are joining us online. That would be wonderful. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning again. And good morning, everyone. Good morning. So good to see you. Holy God, you have found the world's wisdom, giving your kingdoms the holy and the pure in heart. Give us such a hunger and thirst for justice and perseverance in striving for peace that in our words and our deeds, 
the world may see the life of your Son, Jesus, our Savior and Lord. And of all God's people say, Amen. You may be seated. Now as you look up at the screen, you see the words there about making a difference. And I don't know about any of you, but it's one of the things that I've always wanted to be able to say that I've been able to do to make a difference. Whether it was as a parent in the life of my kid, and she's 20 years old now and in college, and I think all of you know this, the job of parenting, it doesn't stop when it gets to 18. It keeps going and going and going. And I think the sort of worries we have as parents just change and morph over time. But also as a pastor, I've wanted to make a difference in the lives of people. But even beyond that, just as a human being, I want to be able to say that I made a difference in someone's life. Now, I don't know if you're anything like me, but one of the things that I tend to do is overthink things. I tend to think that if I'm going to make a difference, it's got to be some big, grand gesture. That I've got to do something that has, you know, real importance that somehow all sorts of people would, you know, notice that it happened. But as we turn to our scriptures today, and we're going to read in just a moment from Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, our first Corinthians. As we turn to the scriptures, we're going to see that maybe it's not such big grand things. That it's not out of strength and wisdom and all of that that we can make a difference. And Paul puts forward a word that I don't think many of us got up this morning thinking, I'm going to step forward from that. Watch for that word, foolishness. Let's turn to the Scriptures here. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the, discern- the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we, we proclaim Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom. And God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. I don't think any of you were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low. God chose what is despised in the world. Things that are not to reduce to nothing 
those things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. God is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, who became for us the wisdom of God, and the righteousness and sanctification and redemption in order that, as it is written, let no one who boasts, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Foolishness. I got to tell you, I've spent most of my life trying not to look foolish in front of people. <laughs> it's one of those things that, uh, I don't know if it's just being a preacher or whatever it is that comes with that, but that whole, I don't want to look like an idiot in front of others. I want to look like I know what I'm doing, that I've actually thought something through, that I've done my homework before I go get into a situation that I know what to expect, that I've been down this road before. Any of those statements ringing true for you? Are any of those things that you've thought that, gosh, if I could just get through today without looking like a complete idiot, I'm going to call it a win. And that's how I spend a lot of my thought process and thinking. But then I make a statement like, I want to make a difference. I want to be able to make somebody's day better. I want whatever it is that I do to actually be something that is positive, that is good, that is wonderful. That's what I hope for. And again, that trap that I talked about that I tend to fall into, and I don't know if any of you do this as well, but it's that whole trap of now, in order for me to make a difference, I have to do something big. I have to do something of substance. I have to do something that, you know, takes a lot of time, money, effort, all those kinds of things. And doesn't our culture kind of teach us that? That when somebody's really done something that makes a difference, we put their name on a building, right? That that becomes what gets measured. Or, I don't know how many of you still read newspapers, uh, but your name's going to appear in a newspaper. Or in more of our uh, cachet for today, that my social media presence is going to get so many hits because I said something that was smart or made a difference for today. And we keep thinking in these big sort of ways that we have to do something. And yet... I'm reminded of the words of the poet Maya Angelou, and I'm not going to get the quote exactly right here, but you could probably finish it as I get through it. She said something to the effect of, I've come to learn that over time people will forget what you said. People will forget what you thought. People will forget what you did. But they will never forget how you made them feel. Now I want you to take a moment here this morning. Now, for those of you who are here, you may have to move around a little bit, but I want you to find at least one partner you can talk to. It can be the person you rode here with in a car, but if you're sitting by yourself, find somebody. For those of you at home, if you have other people that are there with you, talk with them. If not... Feel free to type something in if you want to, if wherever you're watching from, uh, you're on your own that way and trying to do it. But what I want you to do really, really quickly 
is just share a quick story with somebody else about a time when someone made you feel good. I'll start us off. Really simple. And that's all I want is just simple ones. When I was about six years old, my family made the move from California to here to Michigan. Uh, Downriver community called Trenton. And we showed up for church the first Sunday. And I remember begging my mom, please don't make me go to Sunday school. I'm not going to know anybody that's in there. Let's just ease into that. You know, I'll come to church here. Don't make me go to Sunday school. I just don't want to do that. My parents, that wasn't going to get anywhere. I went to Sunday school. But to this day, I remember Mrs. Daniels, my teacher, and the way that she made me feel accepted and helped me to be able to interact with the other kids. And I came out of Sunday school that day glad that I did. So that's just one example. It can be from something that was this morning or yesterday or last week or, in that case, 51 years ago. Uh, <laughs> whatever you want to do. But find somebody and share real quickly a story of when someone made you feel good. Go. And again, for those of you at home watching online, either just go ahead and type something in if you want about something that... Uh, a time when somebody made you feel good, or if you're watching with other people, take a moment and uh, talk with others about that. I'm probably going to be cutting you off way early, but a one-minute warning right now. So you can continue these conversations after worship is over this morning if you want to, but one minute. Okay, I'm going to bring you back together here. And again, by all means, feel free today with other friends who didn't even see, weren't even part of this worship service. If you want, talk to people about that and the difference that it could make. 
Do all of you remember that song I used to sing as a kid in church? They'll know we are Christians by our love. Does anybody remember that song? All right, yeah, it looks like pretty much everybody knows that one. Uh, one of the things I think, too, in our faith is we fall prey to that. There will be a day when I know the Bible well enough, I'll be able to talk about my faith. Or there'll be a time when I understand theology and the way in which God works and everything enough that I'll be able to talk to people about that. Or we also start thinking about that uh, there'll be a point in my life and we have different markers that we set. Maybe it'll be, I'm going to make a huge difference once I have enough money to be able to do so. Any of you hit the lotto last night? Uh, yeah, we, we wait for things like that to say, then I'll be able to make a difference. Or, here's the big one I think in our culture, there will come a point in my life when I will have the time to do all those things that are important. And we keep thinking that that's going to be, well, it'll be after I get the next job or after we make this next move or after the kids are a certain age or after I've retired or after, after, after. And we keep putting things off. And one of the things we miss is that the fundamental uh, truth of Christianity is told to us right in today's scripture it's not about what we're thinking it's not about the wisdom of the world or strength in the way that our culture defines it but it's about kindness now the old testament lesson for today comes from the old testament prophet micah and it was a little longer but i'm going to boil it down to just one verse uh, that we're going to be able to read together. And the reason I really wanted to share this verse today was this was actually my daughter's confirmation verse that she chose. It was Micah chapter 6 verse 8. And one of her godfathers, it's uh, his favorite verse, and then the two of them talked before she got confirmed, and she said, this one's going to be my verse. And it's going to appear here on the screen for us. God has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Nothing there about big grand gestures. Nothing there about needing X amount of money, X amount of wisdom, X amount of knowledge, anything. It's about kindness and grace. I want to tell you a little bit of a story about something that absolutely shocked me. It just floored me when I did it. I was a pastor down in New Orleans, and I had moved there just in time for Hurricane Katrina. I got there about roughly nine months or eight months before Katrina arrived. And boy, that changed everything, uh, being down there. And for the next year or so, well, for years, and there's even some still going on today, uh, recovery work was what dominated uh, the ministry that I was doing down there. And then we had a synod assembly that was happening over in the Houston area, and I was asked to come and to talk about uh, faith sharing and how to do that in the midst of a disaster zone and all that had happened. Well, I got the bright idea for something I wanted to do. 
What I wanted to do was be able to, you ever seen uh, uh, sort of person on the street interviews where you have somebody with a camera, somebody with a microphone, they just go up to people and say, hi, what's your name? And do, and then start asking questions. I wanted to do that. And what I wanted to do was talk about um, people who work in the hotels that we would be staying in for that assembly and talk to the hotel employees about their impressions of all these Lutherans that have now invaded them. Well, I couldn't do it over in Houston because it was just impractical to get over there and do it. So what I did is I knew the chain of hotel we'd be staying in there. So I went to the New Orleans version of that. And I went up to the uh, folks in charge there, the managers, and said, hey, I'd like to do this. They said, under no circumstances will that be happening. You are not going to put our employees on camera where they might say something that we're not proud of. <laughs> so the camera thing had to go away. But they did let me talk to them and interview them. And here is some of the things that absolutely shocked me. First off, I asked a simple question. Do you know what a Lutheran is? Oh my goodness, one of the guesses was some sort of fish. (laughs) Almost nobody that I interviewed there knew what the heck a Lutheran was. Well, if I expand it to Christian, I got there. But then, here is what absolutely shocked me. You see, the hotel employees have all sorts of different conventions come through. And especially in key big cities like Houston or New Orleans, or you can just think of all kinds of places, even here in Detroit, we host all kinds of conventions of people that have every kind of interest, passion, whatever it is that brings them together uh, to meet in a particular location. And they shared some basic facts about Christian conventions that were true for them. Number one, most employees, when the Christian conventions came, tried to do anything they could to schedule time off so that they wouldn't have to work it. And I thought, really? Uh, Are we just boring or, you know, (laughs) what's the deal? They could document for me that Christians were absolutely, without any degree of fail, the worst tippers of all. And by a huge margin. And that many Christians love to give tips like, you know, little nice cards that said, instead of money, you know, here's a nice little Bible verse for you. May you feel well and be blessed. But that Christians were the worst tippers And then, on the flip side of that, this they couldn't document as well, but across all the various employees, it certainly felt true. They were the biggest complainers. You realize the water over there against the wall at the table over there is almost empty? When are you going to fill it? Here's what's wrong with my room. Here's what's wrong with the food. Here's what's wrong with, you know, everywhere along. And they said across the industry the hotel industry, Christians coming in for any kind of convention, the employees would rather not be present. And I was stunned. I was not expecting that in the slightest. My friends, our faith is not about names on buildings. 
It's not about appearing strong. It's not about appearing wise. My own daughter's confirmation verse. It's about doing justice. It's about loving kindness. It's about walking humbly with our God. Now, I'm not going to make you take time here in the midst of things right now this morning, but I am going to ask you to talk about it as you're driving away from here or when you get to wherever you're going. For all of you online, take time at some point today to talk with somebody about this. How might I make a difference today and every day this week? this month, this year, this life. Because it's not about big grand gestures. It's about kindness. It's about sharing grace and mercy. It's about living in joy. And so I want you to think about that, whether it's a person, you know, when uh, you go to the grocery store, the person in the checkout line, the person who's stocking things, how can I be kind and brighten their day? When you're at a restaurant or some place, you know, where there are servers who are helping to take care of you, how might they know kindness and grace from me? How might I, with people at work, with people I run into just in daily life, my goodness, how might the very people that I live with and care the most about know kindness and grace? and mercy from me. I've often thought as a kid and then a young man that the way to make a difference in this world is somehow I had to achieve some sort of status of power and fame and be able to make a difference through sheer ability to do so as the world defines that. But my thinking has shifted. Imagine for a moment with me if all of us set out each day to make a difference even in just a small way to the people that we meet, to the people we interact with, to the people that we contact. What a world this could be. That's how we share God's love. It's not through our wisdom, not through our strength, but by simply sharing the love and the grace that we have been given. Please join me in a word of prayer. Gracious God, thank You. Thank You for Your presence in our lives. Thank You for the way in which You have forgiven us and renewed us. And Lord, we pray that we might celebrate that love and that grace by sharing it, even just in small ways, with everyone we meet. Amen. 
I'm going to invite you to stand as you are able, and before we join in our time of prayer, one of the things I want to say that I am really thankful for this morning is for this music team over here. They have been absolutely incredible. And Joe, would you mind actually to all the folks uh, who are watching us online and those even here, would you introduce your team uh, oh, to everybody? Sure. Those of you who don't know, I'm Joe, I'm guitar Chris, Eric, Kathy and Robin up front singing. Thank you so much. Very kind of you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just so grateful for the incredible music that we get to share in uh, here at King of Kings. Now, called together to follow Jesus, we now pray for the church, for the world, and for everybody who's in need. At the end of each prayer petition, I will say, God of grace, and I invite all of you here and all of you at home to respond by saying, hear our prayer. Cultivate humility in your church, holy God. In gatherings of every size, teach us to boast only in the cross. Shape your church to be people of kindness, generosity, and justice. God of grace, hear our prayer. The foundations of the earth bear witness to your faithfulness. The mountains and hills echo with your holiness. When we mistreat creation, show us the error of our ways. Inspire us with reverent awe to honor all that you have made. God of grace, hear our prayer. You make foolish the wisdom of the world. Raise up honorable leaders who seek justice, love mercy, and pursue peace. Frustrate plans that are corrupt, wicked, and self-seeking. Prosper the work of peacemakers. God of grace, hear our prayer. Bless all whom the world rejects. Accompany those who are regarded as foolish, weak, low, and despised. Reveal your power and presence at work where it is least expected. Give your life, strength, and wisdom to all in need, especially for those we name now, either silently or aloud. God of grace, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, as we now pray the prayer He taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now together we take a moment to reflect on our week, and confess those times that we failed to live as God would have us live. Please join me now using the words that appear on the screen. We confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. 
Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace. And give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now, dear children of God, hear these words. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for His sake, God forgives us all of our sin. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by His authority, I declare to each of you the entire forgiveness of all your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now at this time, I'm going to invite you to take out your communion kits. And all those of you at home, if you have uh, bread and wine available or bread and grape juice, something like that, I invite you to join with us there at home as well. Now those of you who have these little kits, I'll invite you to take a moment, peel back the top portion there and expose the uh, bread wafer that's there. And then after that, we'll peel back the rest of it and expose uh, the wine or grape juice that is contained inside. And together we remember that in the night in which He was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks. He broke it. He gave it to His disciples saying, Take and eat. This is My body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of Me. And my friends, all of us here and all of us online, the body of Christ is given for you. Take and eat. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup. He gave thanks. He gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. It is shed for you, and it is shed for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. My friends, again, I invite you to take wine or grape juice. And this is the blood of Christ shed for you. Take and drink. And people of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continue to strengthen us and to keep us in God's grace. Amen. And finally, I want to thank all of you very prayerfully for giving to King of Kings to help support the ministries of this congregation and the amazing work that God does through all of us. And all of you who are joining us on the live stream, there's a QR code there. If you wish to participate in supporting the ministry of this congregation and all the difference that this congregation makes in the world. For those of us who are here in person, there are offering buckets there on the way out as we make our way. And just so you know, it is your generosity that ends up making a tremendous difference 
in the lives of so many people. Thank you for all that you have done and continue to do to be the body of Christ. Finally, may you receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May Jesus grant you grace and truth. And the Holy Spirit send peace to your hearts, now and forever. And all God's people say, Amen. Go in peace. Share the good news.